Wolfpack Nation. Welcome to the last episode of the season of Scott Woods One Man Wolfpack. We've got two very special guests. They've both been on. We're going to break down the NC State season. We're going to break down maybe a little bit of the future, give a quick breakdown of some, some players to players and get some good input from two guys that uh, I trust more than anyone. Probably Probably one of the few guys I trust in the media, uh, Joe Giglio. And the other one is Rawson Turner. Uh, scored more three points over two seasons than any, any NC State basketball player. Uh, he's also one of the smartest basketball guys and basketball minds I, I get to be around. So I enjoy being around him as, as much as possible. So thank you guys for coming on the show. I know it's probably not going to be the greatest uh you know end of season review but we got to do it truth hurts sometimes scott it's okay it's how i made my living (laughs) it's it's painful is what it is painful what's the word for it ralston uh (laughs) there's not (laughs) well well we'll leave we'll leave it we'll leave it right at that so before we move on let me guys tell you a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they're offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one play through to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new rush pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With the NCAA tournament tipping off, get in the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So let's just dive into it. So 11-21 and 21, overall record, 4-16 and 16 in the conference. Uh, it was rough it is, is, is pretty much the word. And I think, you know, me and Ralston are very political, so we, we kind of keep it real. So that's why we got Joe on here to, to shoot us straight. Uh, so I guess the first question is, when everything kind of happened at the beginning of the season, let's go back to the very beginning, Manny, Manny gets hurt. Where would you say that that team would have ended up at the beginning of the year? Uh, I You know... I think if we if NC State had Manny Bates the whole season, you prepared the off season. That's how you prepared, and you guys know this better than I do. You can't go through a whole off season and say this is the team we're going to be, and then literally in the first minute of it, that whole plan changes. Now, I don't think that was all Manny Bates. I do think Cam Hayes was a big part of that plan. I think Casey mm-hmm. Marcel was a big part of that plan. I, I think those players were did not have the seasons that NC state had hoped uh, Hayes and Marcel in particular. I think if you put Manny on the team, Evie Dewan is a guy who plays 10 to 15 minutes and we're sitting here on March 15th and we're going, wow, what a bright future Evie Dewana has because of all of those bursts we saw in 10 yeah. to 15 minutes a game, instead of where we would pick at EB's flaws for playing 25 to 30 minutes a game. I think right off the bat, that's the biggest difference right there. Greg Gantz, another guy, uh, Scott, who we don't ever really talk about because we haven't seen him. Uh, Comes over from Providence, 
uh, Ralston can probably speak to this as a transfer, comes over from Providence, has an injury that wasn't diagnosed at Providence, gets to NC State, and they're like, hey, uh, you have a groin injury, hernia injury, sports hernia injury that we need to take care of, and they do. And you're sitting here going, what would he look like, veteran player, if he could have taken up some of those minutes that EB kind of had to take up? So I get, I totally get the Manny argument. I totally get the preparing the season to play one way, spending months to play that way, and then not having uh, that linchpin player in the middle. I I totally understand all of that. And then even uh, at the end of the season, I believe it was after the Wake Forest loss, when Kevin Keats was asked about Cam Hayes and kind of his troubles this year, he said that, they had to work so hard on offense because they didn't have someone to kick it into. And, and I'll, I'll agree to some of that. Um, but I will jump to my overarching point. And after watching, after watching Virginia tech in the ACC tournament in person, I will say NC state never played hard enough on defense this season. And I know your specialty. I, you guys were both great shooters. But I told you this throughout your careers. You both understood how to play team defense. And you were not liabilities on defense because you understood the team concepts of defense. Even if it was never prioritized by your coach, Mark Godfrey, you understood it. And your best teams knew how to defend. And quite frankly, when I looked at Virginia Tech this weekend, Scott, it looked like your team in twelve. Ralston, it looked like your team in 15 at the end of the year when you're holding teams to under 75 points, under 70 points, and that's how you guys advanced because you made the commitment on the defensive end. In my opinion, this NC State team never played at a level defensively that was good enough in, in, to be a good team in the, in the ACC. So, so let's piggyback off of, you know, obviously the defensive side. Do you think because the one thing, like when I look back when I was with Mark, you know, I had Bobby Lewis, like I, Ralston can agree. I had a guy that I, I knew what they were running. Like I remember the Georgia, I tell this yeah. story all the time. I remember a Georgia Tech game. There's, we're, we're up three or something. We know they're going to run a three for the last second play. I, fist, fist side, I don't know what it was called. And Bobby went to me and said, hey, you know what they're running. Like this is, this is their go to. And I'm literally standing there and the guy runs the wrong play. And I'm like, Hey, you're supposed to be here. And I'm literally standing in a spot and they end up turning it over. Like there's a lot to it. And I get, you know, the basketball savvy and smart is a little bit to play with it, but I think it's also a style. Like Keats wants to run a more, you know, in your face pressure defense, as opposed to like me and Ralston, we'd rather contain, we'd rather contest. Do you think that has to do with part of the scheme? Why, obviously, you don't have the shot blocker back there and they're trying to pressure, which is going to really expose you when you're not playing good defense? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here, Ralston, and I'll just say this team reminded me of the, um, the 16 team that after Ralston was gone, after Trevor was gone, Cat was the focus of the team, and they played defense as a way to conserve energy for offense. And that's what this team looked like to me. 
uh, Terquavion Smith. Uh, obviously, Casey Marcel comes from Virginia. I, I don't think we can question his, his defensive intensity. I thought that was one of his bright spots. But the other players, to me, they, it felt a lot like that 16 team where they felt like, well, I don't have to play defense because I know I'm playing 35 to 40 minutes, and that's how I'm going to conserve my energy. I'm not going to uh, maximize my effort on the defensive side of the ball. And, and again, at the risk of being oversimplified, Watching Virginia Tech in Brooklyn was like watching a team, a desperate team, that where it clicked, and uh, Ralston will enjoy this because we've talked about this, like, and Scott, you'll enjoy this as being one of those white players who was probably picked on for not being the most athletic guy in the history of the world. You look at Hunter Juicy Couture, you look at Storm Murphy, and you're going, they're not great overly gifted defensive players but the effort was there the understanding of what Mike Young was trying to do was there so to me you don't have to be the most gifted player in the history of the world to play defense but the effort can be there no matter what your physical gifts are uh Clemson and I uh, Ralston and I had the same observation from the Clemson game we're like when did Clemson ever have this many white players ever ever and they and you never question what they were doing on, on defense with, with uh, Brown Brownell, ever. All right, Ralston, you got Phil in. So what are you seeing from the defensive side of things? Uh, I can agree with pretty much almost everything that uh, Joe just said. I, I also think for me, just kind of looking over the course of the season. So, you know, as a player, when you first start in November, it's like, okay, you know, season's young. We got a lot to work on. You know, obviously from November to December, uh, you probably get better in that aspect or you should. You know, January come conference play, things get a little tougher. So, you know, your defense may look a little different then, but then as Joe alluded to at the end of the year, that's when it all needs to come together. And I just felt like over the course of all those months, what you saw from, a, you know, the mistakes that they made, you know, the first fourth of the season, you know, they were still making them in the last fourth. And so I know that they got a lot of young players, you know, they weren't, they we're not the, the oldest team ever, but, you know, one of the things that I can tell you just from, and Scott, you probably know this too, from being a young guy. All right. It's your first, it's your first time on campus. It's your first time, you know, stepping on a floor in the ACC. Um, it's different than high school. It's a lot yeah. different. And so, you know, Keith's version of defense, uh, they do a lot of switching. Um, it's all about, you know, positionless basketball. But sometimes when you have young guys that are trying to make decisions on their own, like you switch there, or you, you take this or, you know, communication where you were supposed to switch and I saw you switch. So I, you know, ran under the basket to get your help because that's just where I know where I'm supposed to be. A lot of times when you're asking young guys to make those types of reads on defense, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. So, you know, maybe something could have been beneficial where it said, okay, I'm going to just make this as simple as possible. You stay with yours, you lock and trail, unless I tell you to go under. Um, but you just take the thinking out of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I, I think, um, obviously with, with Manny out, uh, one of the eye glaring things was there were some games where I'm like, do we are getting pounded inside 
and it's like we can't we can't do anything about it mm-hmm. uh, obviously he helps that yeah but you know just 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 thinking overall throughout the course of the year um that's probably the most thing that stuck out to me was just you know some some things that you saw on day one um you know giving up penetration at the basket uh, sometimes there's nobody there to contest take a charge whatever you want to call it um it's the easy ones for me you know it's, it's the easy baskets that we gave up because a lot of those games uh, if you go back and watch them it really came down to you know just do you do you want to defend you know what i'm saying and so yeah um obviously like i said with a young group like that you got to make it simple because first of all i didn't learn defense at all until somewhere in my first year where you know i was at lsu and my coach kept barking at me to get in the stands yeah so you know so do we think it's more on the effort side i i think it's understanding kind of what ralston's saying when you're young you're turquavion smith and and it's not he's not putting a poor effort in I'm not questioning whether he's trying or not. So let me try to make that really clear. I think when you're Traquavion Smith and you're, you know, you're winning games in, in high school at a, at a lower level high school, you're thinking I can win games just by outscoring you. Not yeah. understanding that really doesn't work in college basketball at the highest level. Uh, you know, there's, there were some Carolina teams that could do that. Look at Duke right now. We would all agree Duke is the most talented team in the ACC. They just got their ass handed to them. By Virginia Tech. Not does Virginia Tech have a pro? Kevin Aluma is going to make money playing basketball someday. Maybe Justin Mutz makes make some money, and probably not in the NBA. Uh, Duke's Duke's got four guys that are probably going to go in the first round if if Wendell Moore goes in the first round. So it, it's not about you can't always outscore people, and at some point you and Roy Williams would always say this to even his most talented teams. You want to win the national championship, which is what I'm interested in doing. You got to make a commitment on the defensive end. And you look at NC State statistically this year. NC State, it's been since Herb Sendick since they've really been a first, a defense first team. And you don't have to be Virginia. That's that's not how you have to win. But when you look at it this year uh, on Ken Palm, over 106 points per. 100 possessions. That's the worst of the Ken Palm era of any NC State team. Um, you know, just for example, in 12, 97 points for, for your team, Scott, your best team, which would be 78th in, Ken, in the country in Ken Palm. That's not great, obviously, but it's still fairly functional. Ralston, your best team, 98 points, 76th in Ken Palm, adjusted defensive per one. Ralston. That's right. That's right. Now, actually, Scott, I didn't even realize this. Your your best team actually was 10, uh, 94 points every 100 possessions. So uh, 48th Woo! in that country. I don't know what was that. That would have been uh, C.J. Williams, maybe. I don't, I don't know who that would have been locking mean. people down. Let's look in 10. Tracy was a good defender. Javi was a good defender. Um, Farnold, Julius Mays. So, you know, there, there were some guys on that on that crew that could – that can move around a little bit, Damn. but it's not about effort, Scott. It's about understanding that at that level, you have to contest on every possession. Can't take possessions off because yeah. I'm expected to score. Like, no, 
That's not how it works. And again, I'm beating a dead horse and I'm, 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 there's a recency bias here, but just look at the way uh, that Virginia Tech was just playing and look at the way they were kind of cooking Duke on the defensive end, you know, getting Mark Williams into some favorable screen and roll situations and, and getting him into some situations where he would have to switch. Um, you're right, Ralston um, and, and Scott, you're both right about how Kevin wants to defend. And I don't, I don't love all of it. Um, I think there are certain times and, and Bobby Lutz was this way. There are certain times where I don't want you to switch. I want you to, I want, there's a certain defensive matchup that I want. Um, and I think maybe that could be a role for Casey Morcel next year, where you, you, you learn that he's the guy uh, that he becomes your best defensive player. And, and maybe that that's a situation and niche for him moving forward. So um, that was one of the things that was on. So I've got, I've got what I would call the strengths and the weaknesses of the, of the season defensively was one of them. If you had to pick, Another category for this team that you felt that they were just, they just struggled at one of their weaknesses. What would the next category be? Well, I think it's obvious for, for you two guys, because you know it when you see it. And I would tell you guys every year when I would cover a team, particularly my least favorite player, maybe of all time, Maverick Rowan. When you're a designated shooter, you need to make the freaking open shot. I, I knew when you guys were open, I knew it. It was in. And it's that's a gift. Not everyone can do that. Everyone can say, oh, man, I can make it in an empty gym. Oh, I can make it when I'm not covered. But you two were both – you spoiled NC State fans by being able to make those shots. And they just need – they need more shooters. I mean, bottom line, Terquivion can stroke. Um, Darion is obviously a talented, skilled player. Love the way that he plays basketball. Uh, but he's not a shooter. Uh, he's a scorer, but he's not a shooter. So he needs to work on his shot. If, if he decides he's coming back, I wouldn't blame him five years out of high school. If he decides he wants to go make money playing basketball at all. Um, but you know, uh, when you, they just need more shooters on the floor. Thomas Allen was supposed to be a shooter. I don't know what Jericho Helms was supposed to be. Um, but he was not a shooter. He would have some games where he shot the ball well, um, but they need more guys on the floor who can make shots. And obviously, it's tough uh, to get into a rhythm when you got one guy taking all a bunch of shots. So, you know, there's, there is a way to, that that will have to be uh, figured out, but I'm not blaming Turquavion for, for having moments in games where he decided if I don't do it, who the hell else is, you know? Yeah. So Ralston weakness for this team. You're just going to let me slander Maverick. I, you two can't even laugh at me slandering that. You can't even like hey. throw a, I mean, <laughs> Maverick was fine, man. I, I didn't have an issue with Maverick. Maverick was fine. I mean, I wasn't on his team, so I couldn't really relate to anything he, about he that. He missed so many open shots, and it's like, oh, you're the designated white shooter, and you keep missing your open shots. It's just like, come on, man. Come on. Well, Scott Wood would never. But you also got to realize, like, I mean – you can look around. Ross is so quiet out there. What is he doing? Ralston's always quiet. But Ooh, let, let's be clear. <laughs> like, like, if you look around, just look in the ACC. So who, who do you see that you, if if they were doing that, that you would have confidence like you did in me and Ralston around the ACC right now? Mm. That's a good point. I just don't – I don't I, – I'm not going to say it's a dying breed, but it's almost Steph Curry-esque. 
that yeah. it's all What's... off dribble, kind of similar to Traquavion's yeah. where you're coming off. There ain't many people that are coming off down screens and, you know, spot shots. It's just everybody practices putting the ball on the floor and getting it up now. It's just, it's just, I feel like it's, it's different. It's different. I mean, you, you, there's, a, there's probably a few out there, um, but it's all, Howdy. I feel like it's hesitation three and, you know, crossover step back three. It's not the, the same that I feel like it was even six, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, well, we just we just saw Couture make everything took in Brooklyn, so it's hard not to. And then, yeah, the, the travel in Bayheim Circus um, certainly had some guys who, who could knock it down. DeVoe, yeah. uh, from, but to your point, a lot of that was off of his own dribble. So, yeah, I mean, the game, the game keeps changing. I, I kind of cracked up. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions about Kevin Keats' offense. Now, Mike Young runs sets on sets on sets. L- let me be clear. Uh, but I'm watching Duke. I mean, you two tell me. What was what was so different about what Duke was doing from what State did this year? I, I, my discerning eye did not come up with, with all that much, to be perfectly honest with you. Well, I'll say this about the Duke. The Duke I've been watching of late. I feel like there's so much pressure on these kids that they yeah. think that they got to do it themselves. So it's turning yeah. into more iso one-on-one basketball like i saw it in that carolina game when it hit six minutes all of a sudden they turned into nc state and they went six minutes without being able to score but i think there's just so much pressure on these kids at some point they just got to say hey we got to run our stuff and rely on each other you know because they're not they don't look anything like a normal duke team and i will say i think since coach k has been with the olympic team i think he's adopted more the nba style but he still always kind of ran some stuff. And now they're just – they're rolling the yeah. balls out there and saying, I'm hoping my talent's better than your talent. I, yeah, they would run a random flex set. They would, I mean, they run a lot of horns. In, in my opinion, I don't see a whole big difference between horns and um, the one – the single high screen that, that State likes to, to use. Um, I know in Spain, and you know, Scott, when you, you played in Europe, the number of sets, that's the big difference to me between yeah. what you're seeing over there and what you're seeing now over here, it's two different styles of basketball. And uh, I think that's a big criticism of Kevin that I don't agree with because I, I just, I look at the rest of college basketball, even Carolina now runs a lot of horns where I'm like, what, what are we, what are we arguing over here? Yeah. So Ralston, give me, I need another weakness. I need another weakness. What's the one other weakness? Um, to kind of piggyback a little bit off of what Joe was saying about, you know, I agree with you in that um, everyone runs variation of the same thing. Get to the pick and roll, play in space. Uh, you either got one guy in the basket, rolling to the basket, or you have zero guys. And it's, and it's a five out and it's just drive it baseline, drive it baseline, kick it. Uh, so turning that into one of our weaknesses that I do believe is – you know, I, I was at the Carolina game when they played in, in PNC Arena. And, again, you, you were right that it seems like a lot of the things that they run are similar to what we run. I think the difference in what they did was their level of execution. So they would come off of a ball screen, draw two guys, move it, move it, get to the second side, third side, even fourth side. And something that they did a lot that we didn't do much at all is obviously I know they got Baycott. So 
I'm not trying to say you throw it in to E.B. Dewan and you expect him to get you 20 every game. But what I'm saying is he's got to touch it because what that does is that takes pressure off of everyone else. You throw the ball inside, at least let them touch it. All right. Maybe someone makes a mistake and that, and that, you know, opens up a kick out where he can throw it to an open shooter, or maybe you throw it inside and a defender turns to see the ball go inside and you turn and you cut to the basket. I just think that's where Carolina did a much better job uh, than we did is off of those sets. You know, I know everyone's running the pick and roll, uh, but they just did a better job of executing a better job of getting to their second, third and fourth side. Um, and, really getting the shot that they wanted. You know, everyone knows this. You know, this is basic kindergarten basketball, but the longer you call someone the guard, the more they're prone to break down. And Carolina made us do that all day and all day and all day. So, you know, I think that's one of the weaknesses that that we had this year was just, you know, we need, we need a little bit more ball movement. It can't just be Darion Sebron, you know, um, Euro stepping through three or four defenders or, or trying to get contact because as we saw later in the year, guys just said, all right, I'm going to just put everybody in the paint. I'm going to go vertical and I'm just going to force you to either shoot it through our hand or you're going to have to pass it. Right. And the other thing that I, I maybe think is a weakness is um, our ATOs execution. So, or baseline out of bounds execution. You know, I know that you're not going to go a whole entire year and be like 75% in that category and scoring, but, uh, I felt like we had some missed opportunities there that, you know, maybe Kevin did go draw something up in the, in the timeout and then we'd come out of the timeout and we wouldn't look like we knew what the objective was. And I feel like over the course of a season, those are also missed opportunities. Uh, and, I, and I'll say this to, to Austin's point. I was on Pack Pride um, yesterday for a podcast. And one of the things that... Like, I get Cam Hayes didn't have necessarily the year he had or, you know, a Thomas Allen or, or these guys. But what people got to realize is when you're running a, a pick and roll uh, and, and, and to be highly effective, you have to create an advantage off the very first action. So when that big sets the screen, you have to create an advantage so that the other guys start helping. So now you can start kicking it and moving it. But the one issue is I don't think they trust a e eb rolling and they don't trust a jalen gibson rolling so the big just literally sits on darian sebron or Traquavion that's coming and nobody respects the roll guy so opposite the defender is staying home so there's no advantage really created there because they don't trust that the guard is going to make that pass to eb or jalen gibson and finish um so i think that's part of the struggles too cam hayes this year that when i watched i was like they're just essentially taking the ball out of his hands and then all they do is swing it to the next guy try it again and they do the same thing uh so that that, that's my big takeaway and i and i get it It, it, this is this is the style of basketball it is this is more of an up pace game but when there's no advantage created there it's, it's hard to score. I mean, it's just, that's just point blank. You got to, it's somewhere you have to create an advantage. And I, I'd, I'd be almost willing to say that Darian Sebron hit his baskets was a pick and roll. The defense was all there. So he had to back it out and just isolate it because the big is just mucking up the paint and everybody's in the paint. So he had to just go on himself or in transition. I bet, I bet he was not very efficient. If we really go back and look at the tape from the pick and roll. Yeah. 
they had a they had to work too hard to score, which is what Kevin said by the end of the year. They had a, every every basket was a fight. Yeah, um, and that gets back to defense, though. You know, the best yeah. way to to get easy baskets is to create more pressure. Um, yeah. And I, I, you mentioned uh, the pressing and and some of the pressure, different pressure looks. I, that only can come if you have a, a deeper roster. And I just they need more better players. That's I mean. If you wanted to boil this whole podcast and season down to one sentence, that's what it is. They need more, better. Okay, but was that because of injuries, or is this just solely because we just didn't have? No, I I think it's both. I honestly, I think it's both. They miscalculated on on Cam Hayes and and Casey Morcel. And I'm not blaming them for the season. Please don't take it that way. But when you go into the season and you have a plan, and you say, you know. You know, let's take let's take Ralston's team. You know, we're gonna go into the season. We we know Trevor Lacey. We know what he is. We know what Ralston is. We know what we want Cat to be. Mm-hmm. And Cat was able to emerge because of how freaking good Trevor was and because of how steady Ralston was. Mm-hmm. And you know, that team ends up beating Villanova, who by the way wins two of the next three national championships with very similar roster. Um, because of the way the bigs played in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Abu was outstanding. Lenard was outstanding. Um, So you have to have a structure to your roster. You know, your team, when CJ was cooking, things looked great. Uh, When Rich was out of foul trouble, you knew what to do. When Zoe, you know, was on the floor and engaged, no problems, man. Um. That's the, that was the structure of your teams. We knew what the structure of your teams were. And I think this team was structured to be Cam Hayes. I think it was structured to be um, Manny Bates. I think, I think Casey was supposed to have a larger role than what he ended up having. And I think they knew what they had in Turquavion, but I think Kevin would have preferred smaller doses of Turquavion this year to have those games where you knew he would flash and then in other games, when you knew a freshman would struggle at his size and, and, and strength, you could have the other guys to lean on. And I think that's where the miscalculation was. And that's where moving forward, you know, you have to win in the, in the transfer roulette. And I just picked Kentucky to win the national championship. Uh, it's a, a fallacy to think Kentucky is still the old one and done five-star machine. Not Gonzaga? Not, I finally did not pay, stop. Don't taunt me. Um, Kentucky has their best players from West Virginia, their best shooters from Davidson, their point guards from Georgia. George, uh, Baylor last year won the national championship with a UNC Asheville transfer Yeah, uh, as one of their best players. So the, the game is, just keeps changing and changing and changing. Uh, Ralston's team obviously was Alabama and LSU. You know, but those are good. Trevor was really good at Alabama. Ralston was really good at LSU. We weren't guessing. You know what I'm saying? You can't guess. You can't say, oh, this guy averaged three points a game. We're going to get him and put him in our system and he's going to be great. No, there's only so many Alondis Williamses out there who averaged six points at Oklahoma and then turns into ACC player of the year. I thought it was six. 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 Yeah, 6.8. Well, uh, I could tell you, so that was one of my weaknesses is kind of what you touched on was 
consistency every night. I had no idea who was going to step up for this team, who was going to have 25, who was going to have two points. There was zero consistency each and every night. Um, and, I, and that's to your point. I just, I didn't know, I didn't know what to expect. Like, oh, we might come out here really, really hot, or we could just come out and, you know, just some random guy just decides to show up tonight. I had no idea, no idea. So consistency is the next one. So let's, let's talk about some strengths. Was there any strengths? What would you like about this team? Anything? Anything? I, I'll give you mine. I'll give you mine. I thought, I thought they did. I think there was a little bit of frustration uh, towards the end of the year that you could see on some of the guys' faces, but I felt like they stayed together in a really tough time, which is not easy to do. I played for, you know, a bad team, and it was just like I had guys that went to the ACC tournament and took a backpack. Like, they, they just completely quit. Uh, and I feel like they kind of stayed together as a team, which is hard to do when it's hitting the fan. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Obviously, at the end of the year, the frustration mounts. It becomes more difficult to stay engaged. Uh, I would say, look, Darian Sebron, man, he played his ass off the whole year. Yeah. Um, and for a guy who can't shoot, or that's not his strength, I should say, uh, man, he found the tough sledding as the season went along. But I thought he's a he's a bright. I think he I think he can play professionally again. I wouldn't blame him. He's five years out of high school. Uh, but if he comes back, I, you know, he's an all ACC type player. I thought he, I thought he was, I think he, I thought he poured it out. I thought Terquavion in the situation that he was in, and, and you guys both know this better than me, man, it's hard to go 0 for 7 or 8 in a game and, and still get back out there and jack that thing up the way that he did and just confidently uh, yeah. step into a lot of the shots the way that he did. I think he's a competitor. Uh, I think he just needs to, refine some of his his defensive intensity but i think uh, that's the kind of player you can build around um and like i said with eb i i he was put in a situation where we had to play too much but if, yeah. if we only saw him in, at 10 to 15 chunks you'd be like man this guy and they and they've done a really good job uh, of developing him i think too like i i think the work he's put in the weight room i mean he looks he looks like somebody who could be as a fourth year player that that kind of front line, you know, forward who gives you 12 points and, and eight rebounds a game. All right, Rawson, you got to give me a strength. What was the strength? Then we no, got three on the table. So then it looks like, you know, not everything was lost. I mean, I second everything Joe said. I mean, I think the, the good thing was that this group, um, they played hard. They played hard all year. Um, I don't feel like there were really any games that you could really say like, okay, y'all just wasn't here at all. Minus maybe the right state game. <laughs> uh, but I think that was a, a positive. I think the other thing was I remember early on in the season. So Casey Morsell transfers in. I know what it's like to transfer where you have to get into a rhythm. You know, you, you sat out, you know, it's different than playing uh, regular minutes. So uh, early on, you know, in the season, I saw him, 
you know, maybe his production wasn't exactly where he wanted it to be, but I do believe over time he got better. He got more comfortable in his role. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, the team didn't have that success, but I think that's another positive. And I think him coming back next year, uh, another year, um, you know, that's also a positive, right? So I also think E.B. Dewana's development, you know, if Manny doesn't go down, you don't see E.B. Dewana that much. Um, and like Joe said, he probably played too much, but how is that going to help him next year? You know, now going into this offseason, he adds a lot of things that he can work on. He knows exactly where he is and what he needs to be. Um, but I second everything Joe said. You know, I, I think more so the strengths or sorry, the positives about this season were more so just from a group standpoint. Um, obviously, everyone knows if Darion Sebron comes back, uh, that's a, a huge positive. Um but I enjoyed watching him play throughout the year because, you know, we talked about you, you didn't know what you were going to get. One thing you knew about him was he was going to bring it every night. Yeah. And I, and I, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. And the same with, like you said about, you know, baby T, you know, he might go over nine, but he's going to keep shooting. And you always knew, especially with him, Sebron. Okay. They were always going to come and they were always going to bring it. It may not look pretty. We may not get the result, but they were always going to bring it. And I think those are were some positives in my mind just watching them this year. Yeah, for sure. So kind of to piggyback on kind of the things that we've talked about, the future. So going into next season, just uh, obviously Jalen Gibson uh, is transferring and there could be a couple more. Uh, you know, maybe we someone decides they want to go pro. I, I don't I don't have a crystal ball on that. But what are the needs for this team moving forward in your guys' eyes? Yeah, I, w- I would start with more shooting, number one. Um, like I said, don't guess on the tr- in the transfer portal. Um, Norfolk State's best player. Go get him. Uh, don't, don't be like, hey, I got a guy who averaged four points or five points a game. Go get a guy who's averaged 15, 16 points a game. We saw this Carly Jones at Radford. Um, the way that the basketball has changed, get guys who can shoot, put them on the floor together. And then, you know, if you get Manny back, it, it does seem like – it does feel like Manny will be back. Uh, he has not made that official, obviously. Um, but it does feel like Manny will be back. And I, I think, you know, you pair Manny with some better shooters – Casey as a, as a defensive presence and anchor, um, I, I, you're, you're going to give yourself a chance. Ralston? Yeah, same. Um, we've got to get some shooting. And we've got to get some, I think, veteran guards. Um, you know, someone that comes in and, and, and they already know how to play. You don't have to really spend much time developing them. I also think we need to get more depth. You know, our, our, our season can't hinge on uh, what happens to one player. You know, we, we, we've got to have some other options that said, hey, listen, we may not be at that peak, but we've got some pieces here that we can kind of, you know, retool this thing and uh, maybe we can get the most out of it. And who knows? Uh, it may take us very far. 
Um, but we've got to get we got to get some depth. We got to get some inside presence, even just anything. You know, we we've got to get some points in the paint. You know, I, I think back to like, you know, I was there again at the Clemson game. Clemson played PNC Arena, and and it seemed like every time we made a run, what would they do? They'd run that little up screen for the big. Forget his name, uh, the guy with the curly hair. Oh. DJ Hall. Yep, yeah. and they would throw it in there, and he had a solid eighteen to twenty. And every eighteen to twenty of that came exactly when it needed to. Um, yeah, go get a guy like that, you know. Um, so I think those are immediate needs: shooting, got to get some depth, got to get someone inside. Yeah, um, that's for sure. And I think you can listen to any podcast or radio or news outlet that the, the one thing about the transfer portal which i mean i don't care for but you can turn some things around really quick uh so this could this could go from a disaster and five thousand people in the seats to all of a sudden we put a product out there that could be pretty good if they could get the right pieces in there and get them to mesh you know that's another thing is if you're bringing a bunch of these guys in you got to get them to mesh. You know, th th there is a culture factor to this. I experienced it my senior year. You got to you got to get everybody on the same page. And if it ain't, I don't, I don't care how much talent you're rolling out there. Uh, you know, it only gets you so far. So um, but I think uh, the good news is you don't need you don't necessarily need wholesale additions. If you get Manny back and Greg Gant, Greg Gant has obviously used his one time transfer. I think yeah. he's a guy who could give you solid minutes. Then yeah, you'd have Manny and EB. It's almost like an overflow then. And then I don't know if Ernest Ross under those circumstances comes back. I don't I don't know the answer on that one. Um, Casey and Terquavion, to me, you add I think if you added two guys, two shooters from the portal, guys you know can score. You're not guessing, you know they can score. Um, I think that would go a long way. I think it would go a really long way. Even if, even if Darian, if you made me bet today, I would say Darian goes and plays professional basketball. I mean, you, you, Ralston, you remember Trevor being 24 and saying, at some point you got to go with money, um, even if it's not the NBA. So if you made me bet on that, that's what I would bet on right now. Um, but I think if they, if they brought in two guys at that, that those in the backcourt, Maybe one who's a little bit bigger, like an Al Freeman, a six six, six seven type model. Uh, I think it would just. I think they're going to be in desperation mode next year too. Kevin is coaching for his job next year. There's no doubt about it, and that should permeate the entire program. Um, so, I, I think it's a completely different mindset than this year. And I think part of this year, to your point, both both of you guys' point, when you lose that player in the first minute, it's like there has to be an adjustment to that. And I don't think there ever was this year. And I think next year, if something like that does happen, you got to sit there and go, I have to figure it out. We have yeah. to, we have to play in a different, there has to be a different desperation and different message than if only we had Manny. And I, I listen, Kevin understands all of this. Like this is not, this is not like Kevin doesn't have his head in the sand. Um, you know, he's a smart guy and he's done it before and I do believe he can do it again. Um, but the biggest part of that formula is getting the right guys out of that transfer portal. I don't have the list in front of me right now, but it's like you, you go back 
and I, you know, some of them would jump off the top of my head, Sasha Killia Jones and, you know, some of the other guys who just never panned out. And you're like, yeah, you got pretty lucky that first year with Sam Hunt and, and Al Freeman. Those were two guys very important to that first team. Um, and then obviously CJ Bryce and Devin Daniels were like uh, Ralston. They set out a year, came in, and they were really uh, the backbone of those, those next two teams. So, and of course, Devin gets hurt and they don't, you know, it's, it's tough because the injuries have been tough the uh, last three years for NC State. Yeah, well, if they're getting another shooter, they're going to have to get out of the portal because Sean Phillips and LJ Thomas, center and point guard, uh, that, that's all that's coming in next year. So they're, they're going to have to go grab two shooters. Um out of the portal. Uh, that's, that's the one thing that's for sure. So, uh, the last part, we always do it. It's, it's called the starting five by reef Ivy. Um, so again, we're going to, you, you both have had the, the, the pretty common questions. So I've, I've changed them up. They're all completely different, all relating to future NC state basketball, as well as some future other stuff. So again, Need a local real estate agent? As we all know, the real estate market is crazy right now. Maybe you have questions or maybe you just need an honest opinion from a trusted real estate professional to ensure your best interest is protected. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing, call Reef Ivy with Dogwood Properties. Reef's personal cell phone number is 919-995-3111. Again, that's 919-995-3111. He is the best in the triangle personal friend, NC State grad, so please, please reach out to him. Again, I appreciate him. Uh, helping sponsor the podcast. He did it all, all year. Uh, so anybody, if you do have any questions or concerns with the real estate market, please give him a ring. He's a great guy. So both y'all get them. So the first question, NC State will finish blank in the ACC next year. I'll let you go first, Ralston. <laughs> That's wrong. Is this That's like Ralston right. has been a gentleman all day and has let you go first all day, and then you have to say you go first. All right. Under the circumstances right now that I know nothing, and I'm just taking a blind shot. Seven, eight. Okay. Seven or eight. All right. I could roll with a little seven and eight after this year. <laughs> All right, Joe. That would be a, a quite a significant jump. Yeah, I, I think this team, I, I, blind guessing who are these two magic portal bullets that are going to join the roster. Uh, yeah, I, I think if they could finish seventh on, under a normal year, get you into the NCAA tournament seventh or eighth, put you on the bubble. Okay. Um, I think that's something that's – yeah, I mean, Kevin – Kevin's conference record up until this year had been pretty consistent at, you know, you know, let's look 11 and seven, nine and nine, 10 and 10, nine and eight. That's usually in that seven to eight area other than, you know, the 11 and seven year there, they're fifth. Yeah. All right. Um, see, it's my podcast. So I don't have to give an answer. That's the nice part about this. <laughs> so, all right. The next question, and we've kind of touched on this. How many transfers do you think we grab out of the portal? I say two. I think, I think two is the answer. 
uh, given Manny and Greg Gant and Ernest Ross coming back. Uh, That's the big if. Obviously, you got to know who's coming back. But yeah, with this team, two is your answer. Two that you think they must. I would think. Okay. I mean, certainly at those. You got to remember now, Kevin doesn't like to play more than one big. So uh, assuming Greg and Manny with EB, there's no minutes there for a big. So you're not going to add an impact big. Um, but at the guard position, yeah, I, I could see them adding. I mean, maybe they could add three, but you you mentioned there are freshmen who are committed as well. So, yeah. All right, Ralston, how many? I think two, because I think two could give them what they don't have. Um, and, and that is definitely shooting and experience, uh, aside of like a Casey Marcel. Um, yeah. Like, go get you a guy that can knock it down and, and you can't leave him, you know, or go get you a guy kind of like you were talking about Carly Jones from Louisville or, you know, he did everything, you know, he could score, he was scrappy on defense. Uh, but the most important thing was when it was crunch time, you could depend on, him. you know, he's been there before. Um, he can settle the other guys down. Um, he usually made the right play and he led like he was a leader. You know what I'm saying? So I think two could do the trick. Which are all the things he did at Radford, by the way. That's what I'm saying. You can't guess. You got to get guys who have already done those things. Yeah. So next question. Number three. NC State football will win an ACC championship. <laughs> I will say this. If they're predicted, if they're picked to win the ACC championship, they will not. I asked you. No, but I'm saying if we get to Charlotte and they have the preseason prediction is that NC State is picked to win the league, they will not because Clemson will use that to the tilt and they play down at Clemson and they'll lose to Clemson. If for for some reason Clemson is picked to win the league, I think NC State will be motivated to prove people wrong. I guess it's an okay answer. Ralston? I'm buy stock. I'm gonna say they're gonna win it. That's my boy right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the home team. They they motivated. I could tell you, regardless where they get picked, they're motivated. They're motivated. Says the guy who started his senior year number six in the country. Hey, I'm just saying. But see, I've, I've been telling everybody this too. You've got three McDonald's All Americans that you got to mesh with a a core coming back. It didn't it didn't mesh great, which is fine. <laughs> I triggered you. <laughs> NC State football is returning all those positions. So they have the leadership there. They know each other. It's not like they're bringing in five guys that have to mesh with the team. You know what you're getting already. I feel like that's a big difference. They have that experience. They don't have to throw a new quarterback in there and say, oh, well, let's see how it works. They, they know exactly what they're getting. So I feel like to me, that just that says a lot. But anyway, state women's basketball. We'll go to the final four. I'm saying yes. They're going to get to Bridgeport. Everyone is talking a lot about UConn being in Bridgeport. Our girls are going to take that challenge, and they're going to get past that challenge, and they're going to get to the final four like they could and should have last year. All those girls didn't come back. To stop in Bridgeport. Like, they got a lot to play for, a lot of motivation. 
You, you want me to be the bad guy or? <laughs> hey, give it to me. It's okay. It's okay. No, I'll, you're say, I'll say this. Uh, the only time NC State women made the final four, they beat UConn in the regional final. Okay. I'm, I'm fairly confident if they could get to UConn, I think they'll beat UConn. I'm not, I don't have as much confidence that they'll get to UConn. That okay. Indiana loss still bothers me from last year. They're a better team than Indiana. Moment might have been. Indiana was solid. Indiana was solid. Tonight, bro. Good this year, and we blow them out at IU. I'll I'll stick to it. If they get to UConn, I think they'll beat UConn. Okay. My worry is they don't get to UConn. Yeah. Well, that's the the one thing I keep saying is I hope they don't. I know Coach Moore isn't doing it, but just. They're, they're probably looking to that Bridgeport thinking that, you know, there's a chip on their shoulder, but we got to get there first. That's right. right. And, I, and that's the thing. I think people are severely underestimating the, the this group. Uh, they went to South Carolina last year and beat South Carolina at South Carolina. Um, no one's throwing a, no one's throwing knives or, or, you know, ninja stars at them in Bridgeport. It's still just a basketball game. They're probably actually going to be even more excited to play where you're in an environment that would be outstanding. Um, so I, I think that's oversold. But again, I want to, I, I have more confidence that they'll beat UConn than I have confidence that they'll get to UConn in the regional final. That's fair. That's fair. Last question. NC State will be in the NCAA tournament next year. If a magic bullet transfers, I'll say yes. I'll say okay. yes. Yeah, I'm going to go with Joe. If they get the right pieces, then I say they can make it. All right. Well, I may have to I may have to do a podcast uh as soon as they start signing some transfers and we'll give we'll give you guys yeah. an updated pick on it. Yeah, so I can make an actual like real educated Well, pick. Manny and Turquavion and Darion, you know, I mean there's a lot of balls in the air though, but I, like I said, Kevin's done it before. I think he can do it again. It does really depend on getting those right players. I'd love to see him bring back Levi Watkins. I don't know if the the ship has sailed on Justin Ganey. He, I mean, I would love to see Justin or Levi come back. I think that's one of the big things. I, I'm talking to you two guys as former players, and I, I know there's some work to be done there to repair the relationship with the former players, and I think that's important. And I can tell you both firsthand that I've had that conversation with Kevin, um, that I think it would go a long way to bring Levi and Justin back, not only as guys who can help you with the current team and and recruiting, uh, but also with that relationship with the former players. Because even if it's just one or two players who have gotten, you know, bent out of shape about whatever, it's a situation that it, 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 it's not, it's not the atmosphere that it should be. It's not the relationship that it should be. And hopefully that's something that could be repaired. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see Levi back on the bench. That would be awesome. Uh, but anyways, you guys, thank you uh, for, you know, my season ending podcast. I couldn't think of two, better guys and, and friends to, to talk about the season recap than you guys. So I, I appreciate you guys coming on. Thank of course, this, this means you have to let me win the next round of golf though. So uh, that's not happening. That's not happening. That's not happening. 
I, especially after I'm, I'm never gonna let you forget it after I heard you've gone to a regular flex shaft I mean I'm <laughs> just it hurts man I'm not ready to lose to a guy that's you know I might have to move you up a T you, you probably do <laughs> 47 or I will be 47 yeah well. I'm gonna have to I'm going to have to move you over to you. I know Ralston's got the bug, so I'm, I'm, me and Ralston going to have to we'll, – we'll all three have to get out this summer. And, we do. We'll, we'll get Jackson out there with us. We'll, we'll enjoy it. Yeah, well, for sure. As long as, as long as me and Jackson are on the same team, that's that's all I want. That's fine. So you've been using a flex shaft now? Okay. Okay. Look what you did. <laughs> <laughs> you got to sell me You know you're going to be – you know, I, I don't know. You're going to be swinging a noodle next. <laughs> I mean, it, already, it already is, man. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> It's well, embarrassing. Yeah, well, again, uh, we'll, we'll get out soon. I, I do appreciate you guys. I got a uh, a couple of thank yous. Uh, Alex Wilkinson is my editor. She sends out all my Zoom links. Uh, I appreciate everything that she did for me. She's an NC State student right now. Uh, she'll graduate this year. So anything I can do to help her, uh, I've, I've told her. I know she's has she reached out to you, Joe. She's trying to get into the the uh, the. Uh, the sports world and be on, be on some cameras. So uh, you'd be a good one to get in touch with uh, Rob Douster, NC state's favorite uh, Jeff Goodman. I, I appreciate them in the field of uh, 68 network for uh, you know, giving me the platform and, and helping me through all this, everybody that's listened, followed. Um, I appreciate all you guys, all my guests that I've had on these two have been phenomenal. Uh, we had some really good ones on this year. So uh, thank you all for, for tuning in. Hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll bounce back. That's, that's, that's what we're all looking for. It was a rough one, but again, to all the fans, I, I, I'm using the word, stay positive, you know, good things will come stay positive. So uh, you guys, thanks for coming on. I, I do appreciate it. Of course. Anytime. Always. All right. Go back. And uh, I appreciate all you guys. Peace.